I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Sandra where she's going to share how to write well for online content. Hey Sandra. Hello. <laughs> so before we get to the nitty gritty and the exciting part of it, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and why you lead an offbeat life? Okay. I suppose I lead an offbeat life because I am um, in my mid-40s and I've unshackled myself from mortgage and debt and um, the high cost of living of life in Australia. And I tried a stint of digital nomading with my husband and our then three-year-old son. And um, we loved it so much. Uh, we decided to pack up, sell up and move overseas. So I think that was probably yeah, a pretty brave thing to do, particularly at our stage of life and having um, a young child to do it. And now we've plonked ourselves in... Uh, South Korea so I don't consider myself as a digital nomad and uh, more of an expat than a digital nomad um, and I'm running a uh, uh, content consultancy business in Australia from Korea and it's fantastic. Make sure you listen to that interview with Sandra because she gives us a lot of great tips and she's going to give us more amazing tips today on how to write well for online content. So for someone who wants to dive into this type of career, Sandra, how can you create confidence as a writer? Well, I think the first thing about creating confidence as a writer is that people think that, oh, my work is crap, it's awful. But the reality is it's probably not, and we are our own harshest critics. I, I know that for sure. And the other thing to think about is, particularly when you're starting out, you don't have much of an audience. I don't mean to, this to sound really negative, but like no one's reading you anyway. So <laughs> it's it's not, it's not like you're putting out a blog post and tens of thousands of people are going to read it. You might get a um, a small trickle of some friends you went to high school with I'm not sure but you know it's 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 hard to build a, a following and an audience and have people regularly uh, looking at your work particularly in those early days so I would I would say that it, it's like that quote about dance like no one's watching so write like no one's reading you because they probably aren't <laughs> <laughs> and so that should give you yeah some confidence I, I hope hope that you'll grow your audience but even then, by the time that happens, you'll be practiced and, you know, you really don't learn much about, you're not going to learn how people react to your work until you put it out there in the world and you get the responses from people. So sometimes the confidence thing could be, you know, I, I want to write about this deeply personal topic and, but I don't want these people to read it and judge me um, and things like that. So that can be a really hard juggle. Um, but the only way you're going to know is if you write those words and put them out in the world. And maybe you don't want to put them in a public forum like on your blog to start with. Um, I know someone at the moment who is just testing the waters, writing some deeply personal stuff to her, but she's testing it out with kind of long-form content in uh, a, what she finds to be a safe space in um, particular Facebook groups. 
So that might be a way that you could also practice some of your writing if you were feeling so unconfident that you didn't want to put anything out there in the world. Um, and, you know, and not everything is deeply personal, but <laughs> I don't know why I'm focused on the personal stuff at the moment. I don't write deeply personal stuff, but uh, maybe I should. Maybe I should. That's how you create that, you know, confidence in yourself is you just have to try it even when no one is watching. And, you know, you build it up as you go and that's how it happens. Or Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck in the same place and not do anything. Now, what about getting clarity, whether it's your audience or your actual content for what you want to do? Clarity in two ways when it comes to writing. And the first is that, Clarity means knowing who you're writing for. So if you've got a really good picture in your mind of who your target audience is, I find that it really helps me write well because you really need to narrow that focus down to your particular audience to connect with them. And I could be writing um, website copy that's targeting Men who enjoy yoga, who live in the Blue Mountains near Sydney that are in a particular age demographic, say 50s plus. And so it's going to be quite a different audience than if I was writing for 21 to 28-year-old women who like vodka. If you know who you're writing for, uh, I find that it can really help things uh, fall into place. And it's the same for developing your freelance business, for example. You've got to know who your target market is and you've got to know everything about them and just paint that picture so clear in your head so you know who you're marketing to and how you're going to communicate to them. Now, once you find the audience that you want, how do you actually get them to go and look at your content? Well, I find um, it's helpful to do a lot of cross-posting. So I have my blog set up so that it will automatically push content out to Tumblr, which is a good uh, platform for me as a writer because there's um, writing's really big on Tumblr and also to Medium. So, um, yeah, all my all the content that I choose to share on Medium will go on Medium as well. Uh, LinkedIn is another fabulous platform, particularly if you're blogging about business-type topics, which you know, a lot of the stuff that I do blog about is it's about building your online profile, it's about writing well, etc. So LinkedIn is another fantastic place. So rather than trying to get people to my blog, I'm putting content out there where people are ready to read and there's a ready-made audience. So I would suggest for anybody to have a think about that and think about these different platforms that are out there where they could um, share their content as well. What about developing a brand voice? How do you do that? Well, I think brand voice comes from knowing who your audience is and also knowing who you are. And I'm thinking more in terms of like an individual brand voice uh, for say an individual person or um, a a small company. Um, Maybe it's just, you know, one or two people. I'm not talking about a brand voice for um, a bank. Yeah. For a freelancer, for example. It's about knowing your target audience. It's about knowing who you are and being authentic because it's really hard to maintain a facade. It's about looking at what other people are doing and seeing how they do it and knowing why you like what content that they're putting out there and the way that they're doing it. So, yeah, and it's got to be relevant to you. So I try to have a bit of an 
upbeat, a little bit quirky, uh, some personal storytelling in there, not necessarily the, 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 the vulnerable sort of stuff, but trying to make it relatable to people. So that's kind of where my brand voice is, um, is developing. So it's about knowing those things that are, I suppose, differentiators for your business and your personality, what you're like. And you can find out these things by asking other people. And it's, you know, it's a little bit awkward, but, well, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So, you know, how, does, how do your business buddies refer to you when if they were to say, oh, someone's looking for a recommendation for an SEO copywriter, you've, yeah, you should work with Sand. She's totally professional, but heaps fun to work with as well. So getting that kind of information can help you translate that into um, your brand voice. And then it's about applying it consistently across all the different mediums that you might be using so that you're sounding the same, same as you, not the same as everybody else, but you're saying, sounding distinctive and like you, whether you're on Facebook, uh, whether you're doing an Instagram post, whether you're writing um, uh, a blog post, it's consistent across those platforms. You don't want to confuse anyone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, unless that's your brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I'm, would be. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andre, for all of these incredible tips. I really appreciate them. You're welcome. Happy to share. So, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? You can come and find me at thesmarterwriter.com. Come and join the Smarter Writer Revolution, and uh, you can find me at sandralmuller.com if you're looking for a content strategist. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sandra, for all of these tips. I really appreciate it and can't wait to track all of your new content out and the book that you're going to come out with, right? <laughs> right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to be on your fabulous podcast. We've had a great time. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Sandra. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview with Sandra where she shares how to become a location-independent content strategist. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.